The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into the Orange Zone podcast. I'm Tommy Sladak. This is Samantha Crossan. And if you normally watch us on YouTube, you can see this is a little bit of a different set. We're on kind of the newsy side of things, and that is because we wanted the capability to bring in our first Zoom guest, which is really exciting because she's in New England right now. Not exactly a breeze or a quick, brisk walk down the street to get to the 315, right? No, we wish it was, but also how cool that people at our station were able to set this up, give us the capability to be able to talk to people who have had a really important impact on the Syracuse community, even if they don't live here anymore. So really happy to have you, Trina. Yeah, so we have Trina Hable with us. She was a part of that first Syracuse women's lacrosse program, the the first year back in 1998. She's a West Jenny grad, just 315 runs in her blood, and she left as Syracuse's first All-America honors in the 99 season. She also left as she was the all-time leader in points, goals, and assists. So she is, I wouldn't say, the, the first the first go to this program, and she's been closely watching it as we're having this incredibly successful season, ranked number one, 13-0. Trina, what's it been like to be able to, from a little bit of a distance, follow this Orange program here in 2023? Well, first and foremost, thank you guys for having me. I'm honored to be the first guest. And uh, I will say that it's been a long time coming for us and uh, it's a sisterhood. And I don't know if the current players have any idea, but there is long lines of group threads from alumni um, dating back from the first year. Um, And we are just as big a super fans as everybody else in the stands. Um, And it is one exciting year and a dream. a dream come true and it's something that every single person that's worn that jersey has worked for blood sweat and tears to get to an undefeated season and number one in the country Um, and they are one heck of a team to watch they sure are and trina i feel like we're in sort of a new era a new dynasty here with kayla trainer leading this program 28 and 6 records so far through the course of i guess really one and a half seasons yeah. um you know i'd love to know what you think about the job that she's done and the culture she's built in that time uh i could say not speaking just on my behalf but on a large portion of the alumni that uh, we couldn't be happier with kayla Um, We all were pushing for her. Uh, I know some people might think that she might be, you know, on the younger side to head coach such a high level elite program um, in a city that kind of um, eats, sleeps, breathes lacrosse and is, uh, um, you know, all about the orange. Um, But you know what? You you look at some pretty um, outstanding coaches like a Pat Summit or a Jim Beheim that started at a young age. Some people are just special and have it, and she's one of those. Um, so um, the alumni is all backing her. We all believe in her. Um, we were hoping and felt that this would happen, um, but I don't think we ever imagined that it would happen so quickly, um, what she's done with this program and um, how cohesive and fun this team is to watch. And she has... Uh, built and uh, she's built an incredible program and 
earn the trust of all of them almost immediately. So um, I hope she's here to stay um, because um, she's done one heck of a job. And what do you think has made this team so dangerous this year? And, and would you say a part of that is just the the amount of threats they have there on that offensive end where it does feel like if you're the other coach and you're looking at your defense and you're saying there is at times five, six players out here where any one of them it, it, it can can just get in there and, and get the shot off. What what has stuck out to you specifically with the players? Maybe it's one or two of them that have, have helped contribute to this 13-0 start. Uh, honestly, it's I see things at all ends. Um, you know, with Kayla Trainer as a coach um, on that draw, um, it's something special, the way she teaches the draw controls. And even with, you know, us dropping down with an injury and someone else filling in, um, and not skipping a beat, that is difficult to do um, as kind of that FOGO position. So I think we have done a great job controlling that. Um, I think our leadership on the end with Delaney and Goal um, has been something that's kept us um, pretty confident and in our defensive end. Um, but as you said, when it comes to that offense, um, I don't think I've really any, seen anything like it since maybe back in the early days at Maryland uh, when they won six national championships in a row. Um, they read each other so well. Um, I'm awards vision. Um, the Terrell duo is is <laughs> out of this world, some of the things they do. Um, Megan Carney. Um, there's just so many threats, and they move the ball so quickly, um, and they really have an understanding of, what each individual player's strengths are, um, and they take advantage. Um, I don't really think there's anyone in the country that can um, really close us out on the defensive, on the offensive end. And I would love to look ahead on that note. You know, they're undefeated so far this season, holding that 13-0 and record. Is there anyone who you think can beat this team? And if not, is it possible that this team could win their first ever national championship? <laughs> I don't want to jinx anyone. Um, so I think a thorn in our side um, is UNC. Um, I know that um, Notre Dame took them down, um, I believe. I mean, we beat Northwestern. North Northwestern beat them, I think, as well. But um, we've beat all of those teams. But for some reason, they've they've had our number since day one, and we've struggled to beat them. I do think um, player to player – all the way down the field, um, we um, match up better. And I think that we are better on both ends of the field. Um, but that's one that I think for that team in particular, and for all of us um, alumni watching, I think that will be the icing on the cake to say, all right, we arrived, this is our season, let's go. Um, but you know, when you're the number one spot, um, you are the hunted. So um, the one thing that I've loved is they haven't taken it for granted and they um, go out every game and they don't act like they're the best. They play like they're the best. So they haven't let it get to their head, which um, is an important step. But um, it's something that since day one, anyone who's put on that Syracuse jersey has always dreamt of, wished for, and wanted to bring back to this university and community. And I just hope and pray that um, – you know, this special year continues on and we end up, um, you know, holding that trophy up. But as I say, as a coach, one game at a time.
And Trina, you uh, you quite literally are day one when it comes to this program. The 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 expression fits fits you perfectly in that 1998 team perfectly. What would it mean? Uh, you mentioned those group threads in the, in the group chat, so I'm sure they pop off with a ton of orange emojis on game day. What ultimately would that would that mean for for this this community, this alumni, and and for you personally um, to see them hoist that trophy possibly Memorial Day weekend? Uh, we've already talked about, you know, all going down there um, to support that team. But anyone who's ever worn that jersey um, and, and played for that program, um, it's a dream come true. Um, we go into practice every day hoping and wishing and trying to meet that long-term goal, which is to raise that trophy up as national champions. And... We've gone to a lot of Final Fours. We've gone to a few national championships in hopes that that'll be the year. Um, and so there's a lot of people fighting for them. There's a lot of people that have their back. And we would really, really feel like we were winning it at the same time. Um, I know that's silly to say, but um, we want it just as bad as them. Well, it's, it's a long time coming. It's Trina. something that we've wanted since the 90s. Um, <laughs> And it's something that Gary has always talked about. And, you know, at one point, I think he said, you know, I'm staying until we win a national championship. Um, and, you know, I always hoped that we would get one with him. But, um, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. But uh, I do feel like there's something very special about this team, this program. And I think that all stems from the leadership in Kayla Trainer. I'd also just love to hear, you know, as someone who grew up in this area, West Jenny kid, something we've been focused in a lot on is the impact that this team is having on the younger generation of players, on the youth in our area. You know, being able to hoist up that trophy, being the big winner in May, um, and, and no matter really, honestly, what the outcome is, you know, what do you think that this kind of success means to all of those younger girls who are watching and who are thinking, I'd like to play for Syracuse lacrosse someday? I mean, well, you can start from uh, the amount of people that are coming. We're breaking records, you know, over 2,000 people coming to watch these games. Uh, we're fortunate. I can tell you when I grew up, I was – and, and this could be for any girl or boy growing up in this in the city and in the surrounding towns is you were obsessed with the men's program. You fed off of that. You wanted to be that successful. Um, you know, coming from West Jenny, um, we fed off of the boys program who won um, state championship after state championship and um, how great of a feeling that was to be um, around it. And um, I guess a big thing is just to realize that you know, a hometown kid um, can make it to that center stage. I'm living proof, um, and I hope it inspires kids from all around the area um, to continue working hard um, and, and hopefully get there someday themselves. But um, it is something really special, and I just feel so grateful and fortunate that it's happening and, you know, our hometown um, – and cities. So um, I'd like it to be like it was back in the day where, you know, selfishly, my high school was a little bit of a feeder program for the men's team into Syracuse. And, you know, it's started to become that um, for many surrounding towns, but especially West Jenny. So 
um, it's kind of a dream come true. And uh, these these young girls are really fortunate to be around it, to see it, experience it. Um, and I bet you they're just as proud um, as the team is with how they're doing and would kind of probably share in the championship um, trophy experience because it's not just the team. They're bringing it back to that whole community and city. And Trina, going back to, to your childhood, even before high school, what, who or, or what were, were your big, biggest influences with the game of lacrosse? And, and how did you end up, I guess, falling in love with the sport? Uh, men's program. Uh, our men's program, coached by Mike Masser, um, I think the winningest coach in high school history. Um, our program is rich in tradition. Um, we are very tactical and we focus solely on fundamentals. Uh, you know, you give an example of Saturday varsity practices or five hour practices, snicker practice and Gatorade. So you practice fundamentals, you might be doing the star drill or working on just a regular motion offense for the first two and a half hours. You take a break, Snickers, Gatorade, and you get back out there. So all of the little things and fundamentals and it started with Mike Masser and that program um, and kind of always picking his ear and um, asking for advice because I wanted to make sure that if we started a program that we did it the right way um, and, you know, in hopes that we would have the success that he did. So um, I would say that he would be the most influential um, person in regards to not someone that actually coached me, but mentored me throughout the process um, and someone that I still connect with to this day. Um, and then I grew up playing boys lacrosse, indoor box. Um, I just went right at it. Um, again, the women's program was just being established. So the only way I could kind of get better and get to the level I wanted was um, to play with the boys. So it, it really advanced my sp skills pretty quickly. Um, and then when I got to the women's game, it made it that much easier. So... Um, yeah, good old Mike Masser, local boy, still there, retired, but um, he's one in a million. So um, I would say he is the one that had the biggest impact. Box lacrosse. That's no joke. No, it's no joke. It's no <laughs> joke. So fortunately, you have pads. But um, yeah, I'm one of those that when they first started the indoor box league, I offered myself out for the professional league um, when they were just testing it out. I was like, if you guys ever need or want to have any females involved, let me know I'm in. So um, pretty fearless in that way, um, just because I was brought up playing the game that way and with a men's stick first. Um, so... Yeah, no, no, I love it. That's a great attitude. And, you know, you, you have mentioned that this program, Orange Lacrosse in general, is really just a program that's rich in tradition and rich in history. I would love to know, even years later, what you think the culture of Orange Lacrosse is, and has it changed at all since you've been there? I don't think it has um, from from what I've seen and from when I've been there. Um, just being a part of Syracuse Lacrosse, you automatically immediately feel like you have a little extra pep in your step, maybe a little extra swag. Um, this program especially when I went there the men's program was pretty unreal multiple national championships Powell years um, and I fed off that and the team fed off that and you know we really wanted to put our program on the map 
Um, but it is rich in tradition. Um, you know, Head Heart Hustle, we kind of um, share a lot of the same values as the men's program. But um, yeah, you always want it to be exciting lacrosse, fast paced, um, you know, kind of fearless. Um, fancy is fun, fancy is okay. Um, and I can tell you right now, I think it's funny, and I don't know if the team actually knows this, but their cheer that they do right now, Aucus, is actually a cheer that myself and another player came up with um, back in yeah. 1998. Um, how, did and that, they, how did that start? Uh, we just wanted to think of something that incorporated Qs into it. And, um, you know, it's a little bit different. Myself and uh, Tegan Leonard, one of our goalies, we used to do kind of like a shout out back and forth, and then we'd go into that. But, um, it was just us being creative one day and trying to think of something that um, we wanted to use and stay consistent um, and kind of bring us back um, to center before we started every game. And so we chose Aucus and they still do it to this day. Um, and they still do it the same way with the sticks up in the air. And uh, I get a little laugh every time because I don't know if they realize that um, it's stuck since 1998. <laughs> the legacy lives on. For us old folks, for us old folks. Yeah, and and Trina, so that, that's I mean, we, what we I think. That's the legacy so we'll, we've left so far. And and we'll wrap it up here. Um, I, I know you're you know you're coaching out and you're, you're coaching out in Massachusetts right now in high school lacrosse, um, which means that you're not living at home anymore. What is the food or the restaurant, the place that you miss the most, or what's the first thing you're grabbing whenever you're back in town? Uh, that's a toss up. It's either. Dinosaur barbecue, or I'm a big fan of Twin Trees pizza, but that's more of a local Camillus side of uh, side of the world. But um, dinosaur barbecue is always number one. I used to love it a good blue toss sandwich before it went out, but I know, uh, I know, everyone's bummed about that. But dinosaur Twin Trees barbecue is, never is left it down. Yeah, I was I was gonna answers. say Twin Twin Trees. I feel you on that a hundred percent. I think that's the best pizza they have up here. Agreed, agreed. So. Uh, those are my two requests um, whenever I'm home. That's where all my family is, so I get back quite often. Awesome. Well, let, let us know when you come up here, and we'll have some Twin Trees and Dinosaur Barbecue ready for you. All right. Well, hopefully the next time we talk, um, there'll be a trophy sitting over there. That's the plan. That's the plan. Love it. Well, Trina Hable, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you coming on. And, and yeah, with they, if they do the, get this thing and get this trophy, you're, you're coming back on for round two. You down? Down. Down. Awesome. Can't wait. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. You got it. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right. That was Trina Hable joining us in awesome, awesome interview. What'd you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, 
She's so great. She's a local kid. She's from West Jenny. Loved her answer. Fits the mold. About twin trees and canillas. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, saw that coming from a mile away. You just, everybody kind of knows where that is if you're from West Jenny. And you know what? I think that a lot of people who are in this fan base and our viewers are going to be really excited to hear from, from somebody who essentially built this program up in its beginning stages. Yeah, truly a pioneer, not just at West Genesee, but at Syracuse. So to, to hear from her, I think, is just really special for what's been such a special season so far with this Syracuse team and and let's actually get into the action with where this team's at we already mentioned that they're 13 and 0 and they just took down number 12 Virginia this past weekend and um actually a little bit of a game at the start so that that felt that felt I'm not gonna say good but <laughs> I I in a in a sick way enjoy the beginning of the Stony Brook game just like I enjoyed the Virginia game because I think it just it it puts a team in check like that and to me the the teams that end up being the best are the ones just like in March Madness um, UConn being the the exception of course is they just kind of blew everyone out of the water but normally there's that team that is able to get past a game that maybe they're not supposed to win or they're in a tough situation and so I, I almost find some comfort in seeing some tight games especially just because i want there to be that 100 percent readiness when it comes to you know a team like north carolina that's coming up well i actually agree i think it's nice to be able to see them have a game that is tightly contested because at some point mm -hmm. you'd have to imagine there is going to be some kind of a game like that where right. there is going to be a tight game or a game where you know at least at the very end, um, things are going to be tightly contested. So I think that that's important for them to have those kinds of opportunities right now. Um, but this is even crazy to me, a stat that was written down. Syracuse has never trailed at the end of a first quarter this season. Mm. They've led after Q1 in 10 of their games and been tied in the other three. That was Northwestern, Duke, and Stony Brook. And it does seem like time and time again, even if this is a team that, or whoever the opponent is, Stony Brook, for example, I think played them really well, yeah. played a good game against them. At some point, it's not really a matter of if, but it is a matter of when this team is going to pull away. And once that happens, once you even get into... Once Syracuse has a four-goal or a five-goal lead, you're really in the danger zone at that point as far as being able to pull back and being able to get back in the game. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, 100%. And I think a part of it just comes down to when they just want to dominate at the draw. Because from there, the numbers show exactly what's happening. And I have this one for you. You got a good one here. I'm, I'm going with another good stat. All right, give it to me. Syracuse only allowed UVA to take 16 total shots, 14 which were on goal. The Orange took 40, 30 on goal, and scored 21 times. So, Absurd. end of the day, you could have Virginia taking 16 total shots and making every single one of them, and they're still losing by five. <laughs> what does that tell you? I I mean, it, first of all, the fact that it tells me they have good defense, mm -hmm. and we probably don't talk about that enough. Yeah, but we do need to get – I think it's I mean? just because there's so much excitement Can we just do a little shout-out to the, the defense? Shout-out shout out to Delaney Schweitzer and to the defense and everything they've been able to do. Because yeah. honestly, that is a uh, – um, that's a place where we've seen improvement. Totally. I think last year, and you know how I feel. You know I'm an outspoken advocate. I don't like it when goalies split time. Right. And that's the situation that you had last year. Yeah. Some of the time it was Delaney Schweitzer. Some of the time it was Kimber Hauer. 
Now you have a situation where they feel confident enough with Schweitzer where she is able to start and she's their girl. She's the person right. who they're going to. And I think that that gives the team confidence. So she's done a really great job anchoring the defense and everyone else around her has really done a, done a great job as well. You know, the offense is great. And we're going to probably talk about that every single week until probably May. Right. But... I think that there's something to be said about what this defense has been able to do and the shutdown, you know, potential they have and, and the clears. How about those clears, those bombs from Schweitzer down to like the 50 plus yard line? Well, you saw the one that she tossed to Savannah, right? Uh, absurd. Twin to twin action. Yes. Which multiple twins on this team, but that was really fun to see. Uh, found out that the Schweitzers are from like a town over from me back in PA. Big Birds fans from what I'm hearing. So, uh, you know. Go Eagles. But I, I do want to come back to the defense here. And a part of um, this success is a name that we didn't know coming in is because she's starting as a freshman at Superior Clark. Yep. What sticks out to you about this player and for her to come in on a number one ranked team, a 13-0 ranked team, and starting as a freshman, Delaware area product, and coming right in and making an impact? Kind of interesting. I knew Superior Clark a little bit before she ever came to Syracuse because when I was at grad school story time let's go I was working for Mike McAllister mm -hmm. doing Syracuse Sports Illustrated work and I was on a recruit beat so I had talked to Superior Clark gotten to know her a little bit now seeing her play I think the thing that sticks out to me the most is her speed mm. it's her speed and her lacrosse IQ her ability to be able to pick up the game and pick up the pace in such a short period of time. That's something that a lot of freshmen struggle with. We've seen that on the men's side a little bit, Spolina and, and some of the people just, just getting used to the, the speed of the game. Right. Um, and I feel like Superior Clark never had that transition period. I feel like she just immediately and seamlessly blended into the culture and bled orange. Right. They trusted her right from the jump, and she's really been a starter ever since. And I think that opens up a bigger question of – um, you know, maybe what this coaching staff's able to do preseason, right? Oh, yeah. To have that, to have those freshmen come in ready to go, when in reality that's a very hard thing to do just with that increased speed. Um, you know, maybe that's a question that we that we you know start to ask Coach Trainer here down the line is is what does this off season look like for your teams and and maybe there's something there that we can learn from. Um, and, and then the other part of it is you know maybe Clark's just a, a, an awesome player in, in in general and has figured yeah. it out on her own. And I know I heard on the broadcast uh, a few games ago that you know that Kayla had said that she's the best athlete on the team. And when you have that, I think you can kind of from a coach's perspective, it's kind of like okay. Right. Let's open this up. This Absolutely. Is pretty sweet. You know, I think I think both of the things that you said are true. Yeah. I think there's a lot of preseason work that goes into developing freshmen in particular, but when trainer is able to immediately identify this is the best athlete we have, it makes sense why then it might be an easy transition. And right. You know, back to just one other point. I wanted to make sure I said this. Sorry, I just put the paper right in your face. To totally it was a bad okay. a bad angle by me. I'm still learning these cameras. Ready? Ready? Cut. Go ahead. Or, or, no, no, no. I knew what you were going to do. Yeah, I was going I, for the... I thought you were going to swipe it, and I was, I was going to smile, and then you were going to swipe it, oh. and I was going to frown. Right, let's try it again. Yeah, go ahead. All right, let's switch it, Rage. Ready? <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway. Back on track, your point. But listen, this is all I was going to say. I think that 
it's not just the fact to, to these bombs that we were talking about earlier. I want to make sure I said this. It's not just the fact that they look awesome and the fact that she, that D. Schweizer has the capability to throw the ball this far down the field. It's the fact that once it's on the offensive side now, because of how quickly the ball made it down the field, instead of having 55, 60 seconds on the shot clock, you now have 75 or 80 seconds to work with. Not that they even needed it, but there's exactly. so much time. And it feels like that that game plan right there. Now, if if you've watched a few games, you will realize that this isn't just, oh, there's an opening and, and Delaney's just thinking in the moment. No, there's there's a game plan here to maybe look for that every single time. It happens is a what lot. I'm picking up on. It just because frequently. they're doing it so well. It's in such she's she's getting it to them in such stride. It's just like a you know, just like an amazing quarterback, just timing out the and the and the receivers timing out the routes. But they're getting it down there. And you mentioned having that bonus of using all that clock when necessary. But I think they're trying to score in the first 10 seconds. <laughs> I know. It is like, for. is it even necessary? But again, we just don't know. It's with some pocket. of the opponents who are coming up with a team like UNC, it's nice to know that you have that option mm -hmm. and that's available in a time when you do need it. But I agree. Listen, at the end of the day, you know, they, it just seems like they've been operating on all cylinders and they probably wouldn't have even needed the full 90 in most cases. Yeah. And Megan Tyrell, we do have to make a mention, keep people in track of, of where she is on the record watch. After this past week, she had 17 points in two games. She now has 338 career points, sits 10 points behind second place Kayla Trainer with 393 and 13 points behind first place Katie Rowan, who was just inducted or just had her jersey retired last spring. And she has 393. 96. She keeps up her current points pace this season, which is 5.7. Pretty good. She would pass trainer at UNC and Rowan in the regular season finale at Boston College. Of course, that could all happen in the next game. Who knows with her? Who right? knows? And it's so special. I mean, even, of course, you know, I appreciate that we have all these records because we do have to keep people on pace, knowing what's going on. Yeah. And two things stick out to me. The first is the fact that in, in certain categories, she's chasing Kayla Trainer. That is so cool to me that the coach of the Syracuse women's lacrosse program is still so elite. Like oh, yeah. even still now, you know, she, she still plays. She still has her hand in it. And I guarantee you that that makes her a better coach. I guarantee it. The other cool thing is even just something like this, 17 points in two games. Like that's not normal. No, no, it's not. It's not normal at all. So I think that's just so cool that she's putting up but these numbers. But she's normalized it. She's, it. It's normal for her. Yeah. Not normal for everybody else. But no. that's cool. You know, I think I think she's done just a great job of even really the whole Syracuse team and the offense of making the game more exciting. Like, who wouldn't want to watch that? You mm -hmm. know, it, I, think, I think it just keeps things really exciting to see such an elite team, the way they're able to move the ball. And I'm really happy for Megan Tyrell. Same here. Well, they, uh, they've continued through a home stretch the regular season and they are taking on Clemson is Clemson home. No Clemson's Clemson is actually oh, at, at Cicero CMS. North Syracuse yes. high school and it's free for anyone I, who wants to attend. I'm obsessed with the games that are at the local high schools. Really I think cool. that's the coolest thing. Really ever. cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and shout out to Ben Nersky and the, in the North stars over there for helping making this thing happen. I believe we had Syracuse and Duke over there. Not too long ago, there was a game at CBA last year this yeah, year it's all I think blending it was together last year, but, but i know what you're talking about it's a very cool thing and i i love to see it because then after that you have 
North Carolina, who fell to number five. They lost to number eight, Notre Dame, 16-12, to and then number seven, Boston College. So to me, I think you can't really finish out a season with just better storylines than going against North Carolina and BC, and love that, absolutely. And with Brendan not on the mic and with Rachel unable to get on the mic just because of our new set here again, we'll be back in the normal spot next week, hopefully. I'm in charge of trivia. Oh, boy. I'm in charge of trivia. Who put you in charge? I think I was just in the room first. I think that's what happened. A guy handed it to me. So let's see if we can read this right. And then there's also a bonus question. You ready? I'm as ready as all I'll right, ever be. All time. Let's get after it. All right. All right. I have to put on my villain cap. Sam's not going to get this right. Um, <laughs> that was my Brendan You're Hodges. You're a horrible villain. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. All right. You guys are never getting this. Okay. Wrong. Okay. <laughs> Syracuse is one win away from setting a new mark for their longest winning streak, 14 games. The previous mark was set back in 2013. Who ended that 13-game winning streak? I need some silence. Okay. All right. I will, I will read the question again okay. so that's good podcasting. Syracuse is one win away from a from setting a new mark for their longest winning streak, 14 games. The previous mark was set back in 2013. Who ended that 13-game winning streak? I'm just going to go with my heart. Go with your heart. Maryland. Yes. Bang. Hit him with the bang. Bang, bang. Bang. There it is. I was waiting for it. Yeah. I'm supposed to be frustrated right now. Oh, Brendan. Worst. Okay, bonus. I'm coming for you. You ready for the bonus? So, yeah, that was number one, Maryland. Um, bonus, who did SU beat for its 13th straight win in 2013? So, right before it got snapped, who did they beat? Oh. Do you want a hint here? Because this this answer. Is it? There's just, just something is, about is this. It, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like silly and goofy, it's a, right? Well, it's, a, it's a Brendan. This is just something he would do. Florida. Yes. yes. I'm too good, baby. You can't stop me. Put some respect on her name. Put some respect on my name. The weird thing is, before you even Put said, do on. you want a hint? I really was going to guess Florida. Were you? Yeah, I, believe I was that. thinking that. I was thinking that. I believe that. Great job. Brendan, two for two. Come up with better questions. I'm excited Thank for you him so to much, see that. everybody. <laughs> so, yes. Men's Lax fell to number two Notre Dame over the weekend, dropping them to six and five, winless. Three games against fellow ACC programs. SU was, uh, yeah, they were actually down big from the start of this one. Um, and then kind of came back in later on. And then Notre Dame went on a 9-0 run over the final 12 minutes, which felt very UNC-ish to me, if I'm being honest. It felt like yeah, it felt like a stab in the heart a little bit. Mm. It, it hurt. It hurt. I think this team has so much potential. Agreed. I am I have not given up. I'm angry, which I think is a good emotion to feel because it means like I'm still very invested and I think that a lot of the fan base would feel the same way. I think that this Syracuse Lacrosse team this year so far has won every game that they were supposed to win, but they've lost every game they were supposed to lose. Right. At some point, you have to break that mold somewhere down the line because I don't think that Syracuse Lacrosse 
as a legacy is okay with that narrative I just said to you. This is a team that's always dominant, one of the top programs in the country, and I think people are really eager to get back to that. So I think it is just cleaning up a couple of things, and for me personally, I think they're scoring enough goals to win games. I don't think that they're defending and stopping enough goals from opponents to win games. I would agree with that. And what doesn't make things any easier is that they're on the road for the rest of this thing, but to be honest, maybe that's what they need. You know, it, you you never know with a team like this. Um, they're just a team that, like you mentioned, is just they're they're winning the ones they're supposed to. They're losing the ones that you know they're expected to lose. But at the end of the day, this is Syracuse. You're, they're still expected to win, even no matter what they're ranking or not ranking is. And so, to me, finishing out the season on the road, maybe that's just something that will just spark new life and and give this some hope here in the final month because it's not an easy month stretch but what what do you think is that you think that's a you think that's a dumb idea no i don't i'll tell you what i'm i'm saying this i'm speaking from experience when i yeah. talk about this part yeah i think at the point they're at now you're in a different mindset mm -hmm. drew carter su alum was on the call against notre dame Really good broadcaster, by the way. Great. And he had said something that resonated with me. While that game was going on, he had said, he's like, this would be the kind of the kind of game where Syracuse could get into that conversation um, and get at that table of the discussion of the national championship, or at least they could pull up a seat. But I think that now that that game ended in the way it did, I think – they might be out of that conversation, or if anything, it would take a really strong effort at the end for them to be back in that conversation. Now, because of that lack of pressure, because of the fact that there are no longer necessarily as high of stakes, and they're on the road, and these are games that they're expected to lose, that's what I wonder, is I wonder when all of that pressure is gone, when you just take away the stakes of whatever Syracuse lacrosse was supposed to be or whatever Syracuse lacrosse has been in the past and you just focus on what you are right now and how to get better, it wouldn't shock me at all to see them win one, if not two, of these three games. I'm just going to say that right now. I would love to see it. I mean, if you had to pick any four games that wanted to give your, you wanted to give your team a resume booster – Going from number 15, Princeton, to number nine, North Carolina, to number three, Virginia, to number one, Duke. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Very I think that good. gives you some opportunities to do it. And, uh, again, all, all away games. Listen, in this world, it's success or experience, so you know they're going to take away something no matter what. There you go. Well, it starts with number 15, Princeton. Tigers coming off back-to-back -back wins against Yale and Brown, and that's what's got them back into the conversation. So very good team. Very much looking forward to seeing if the Orange have it this weekend against them. That's it for the Orange Zone podcast. We're out of here. Tommy Slade, X, Samantha Cross, and Rachel Culver on the producer. Not producer Mike, but she's been producing. She's been punching the shots. <laughs> We're out of here. Peace. We'll be back next week. Thanks for hanging with us. Later.